Have you ever noticed the world isn't quite what it presents itself to be? That something is just a little off kilter, just a little out of focus. Some of you may know me from my career in the distilled spirits industry as the alchemist of the Black Forest of Indiana. An industry, as I see it, more than just a little influenced by the occult and the work of opening doors and capturing essences. Here, you'll see another side of what I do and how I'm influenced by such experiences. Here, myself and occasionally friends will share first-hand accounts, stories shared with us, for tea and news, interviews, and a healthy dose of history and speculation. Settle in for the ride and enjoy. Perhaps that movement you saw out of the corner of your eye was more than just a shadow. Perhaps that weight on your shoulder, a bit more than fatigue. I've lived my whole life like this. Perceptive of those things that might be viewed by the less aware amongst us as simple circumstances, magic thinking, or even make-believe. Anticipating with the many ups and downs of my own perception, I have anxiously awaited the more positive of those experiences, dreading those of a darker caliber. I believe from societal observation in recent years that others are becoming acutely aware of the currently scientifically unmeasurable world that surrounds us. I believe that spiritual warfare is real. Join us as we take a hard left into the heath and the heather. Join us as we call out into the void, as the veil frays at the edges, and recall, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Hey guys, welcome back to If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything, with your host, the alchemist of the Black Forest, Alan Bishop. So this week has been a <clears throat> absolutely insane week, to be honest with you, um, both on a physical as well as an emotional level. Um, I have a friend that, that's, that's very sick, but he's going to pull through what he's going through, and uh I went into this week knowing that the week was going to be stacked pretty heavily against me, both physically and spiritually, as far as things go. Uh, so this past week, uh, you know, just just having my friend on my mind, um, you know, that, that's been one of those things that's that's been with me all week that I've been thinking about. And he did something super special for me and my family this week uh, that I can't get into here, but I, I may later on with the uh, One Piece of the Time Distilling Institute for those who follow that. Um, but what I would what I would ask is for anybody who listens to this episode to, and I'm not going to name his name here, but to please pray for my friend or your friends or, or anyone in general who needs your love, the love of whatever God that you believe in, whatever spirituality that you believe in. There's a lot of people suffering in this world, and it seems to me that the the people who really suffer in this world are the ones who don't deserve it in any way, shape, or form. The ones who make who make this world special. To be a part of, right? So, um, all that being said, this week was uh, was full of travel. It was incredibly hard to get an episode of "If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything" recorded. Um, and basically, what I decided was I was going to get an episode done one way or the other. And recently, I bought a little piece of mobile recording technology 
Um, not a high-end piece, right? This is I'm all, I'm new to this podcasting thing, so you know you don't want to spend all your money at once until you see if you really want to do this. And I have decided I really want to do this. I really enjoy this, and it's important for me spiritually to get these stories out there and to to talk to people about these things that I've experienced that other people have experienced, um, and that I I absolutely 100% uh, believe to be real true spiritual experiences. So uh, this week I hit the road. I ended up, uh, I had several business meetings early on in the week, Monday and Tuesday. I had a call from my friend again, who is, who's sick and in the hospital right now on Monday uh, that that affected me in in a positive way in the long run. But initially um, I had, I had literally had a existential crisis this week is the only way that I can say it. Uh, I ended up on Wednesday at four o'clock in the morning traveling to St. Louis for the American Distilling Institute convention, which was a fantastic time. I was in St. Louis for about 24 hours. Uh, that's about a four hour trip, four plus hour trip from here. I uh, went to St. Louis to teach a uh, corn whiskey masterclass alongside um, Rob Arnold, uh, Gary Heingardner of Wood Hat Spirits, and also Robert Licorice of Iron Root Republic down in Texas. Uh, this is dream material for me as a distiller, by the way, guys. And and if you're not a distiller, I apologize for the distilling-related rambling. But we ended out, up out at uh, Wood Hat Spirits, which is an hour west of St. Louis. So now five hours into a, a journey uh, and then an hour back uh, into St. Louis for the convention, etc. Four hours back home, all that good stuff. Uh, the next day, went into work. It's an hour from here. Had to go into uh, Spring Mill State Park. Uh, that's about 45 minutes from work and then another hour back home from there. Uh, Saturday, ended up going to uh, the far end of Louisville, Kentucky, about an hour away to meet with my buddy uh, Jason Wade Harrell. Harrell, sorry, I said that wrong. My cornbread came through there. Uh, about a very special, very unique Black Forest style still for the One Piece of the Time Distilling Institute, my other channel I run on YouTube about uh, home distilling uh, as well as professional distilling hour back home and uh that evening we went out to spring mill state park for the candlelight tour where in in this episode you will hear a interview i did uh right prior to the candlelight tour my friend brian cushing the uh the victorian man from the victorian bar room channel on youtube we sat down for an interview out there at spring mill uh, next to the creek it's going to sound like there's a lot of white noise in the background it's actually the sound of the creek running out of the cave down to the old mill and the old distillery so i didn't add any music to that it is as it is and it's a very cool story and i wanted it to sound like that one way or the other we did the candlelight tour and the old distillery that we are restoring as a production distillery based on the historic daisy spring mill distillery that was there using the methods that would have been used there to raise money for spring mill state park and it turns out that sunday morning i found out that we had about seven thousand visitors Uh, Of course, there's another hour trip back home. Well, basically an hour. And then Sunday, I went down to uh, my friend who's in the hospital. hospital. I went down to his farm, uh, picked up a a very cool, so unique of a gift. I can't even explain to you guys here, but people who tune into the One Piece of Time Distilling Institute will see it in the future. Um, Something very special to me. Stopped by the hospital in Lexington, Kentucky on the way back. Uh, and visited my friend, you know, two and a half hour drive, two, and a, two hours and 45 minutes down there to his home place, uh, another 45 minutes back to Lexington, and another hour and a half back home. Uh, so needless to say, again, very busy week. 
but I wanted to make sure that if you have ghosts, you have everything got recorded. So what we did this week is we recorded a ton of field recordings on this little mobile recording device. We EQ'd them. We're introducing them here. They're all unique one-off stories you're not going to hear anywhere else. There's no theme for this week's episode. There's no real exposition other than what I'm doing right now. Um, And I've been wanting to do that for a little while with this little recorder that I bought uh, just to see how things would turn out. I hope you guys will appreciate this episode. What's really cool about this episode is it features some of my favorite people in the world. Uh, My new still hand at Spirits of French Lick, Justin Whaley, his wife, Tiffany, uh, my original still hand at Spirits of French Lick, Stephen McNeely, and my friend Brian Cushing of the Victorian Bar Room are all featured here. Now, I did record another little snippet of audio with my dad, Old L. Bishop, if you guys know him, uh, about a UFO experience that he had when he was about 16 or 17 years old living in the house me, my wife, and my child now live in with my grandmother and my grandfather at the time. Unfortunately, the audio turned out to be unusable because we recorded it on the road and the recorder picked up every single bounce of the truck. So we're going to re-record that here at the house at some point in the next couple weeks and use it as part of our crossover crossover episode with the Highly Spirited Podcast with Stephanie McNew. So I hope you'll, you'll tune in and check that out. I'm going to try to talk to Stephanie and see if maybe we can't do two very special crossover episodes for the month of October. One early on in the month and one specifically for Halloween slash the Day of the Dead on November 1st. And uh, we'll see what she says. But I think we have a cool thing going with this crossover thing. And I think she might be interested in it. So set back, relax, enjoy this episode. I apologize. It's running a little late getting out there compared to what we normally do. But I did the best I could with the time that I had and being as wore out as what I was, guys. I love y'all. As always, if you have any stories you want to share, reach out to me at bishopshomegrown at gmail.com. Check out thealchemistcabinet.com. Check out the store and keep an eye on it on the website because we have some very cool, if you have ghosts, you have everything merchandise coming, including a specially designed Oracle uh, card set, basically like a tarot card set that Kim and I are working on featuring 13 unique cards to start with and expansion packs down the line, as well as an entirely new method of reading these cards. So, all right, guys, enjoy. Hey Metalheads, I'm Mark and I host Metal Forge. Let me tell you about the show. The Metal Forge features the best underground metal from all over the world. We spend every week with a different artist with interviews, in-depth conversations, and most of all, the music. We also feature audience interactivity where you can submit your questions to the upcoming guests. New episodes are out every Friday at noon Eastern Time at MetalForgeRadio.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're here with uh, with Justin Whaley, and uh, I think he's going to share a uh, distillery ghost story that kind of goes back to our haunted distilleries episode. And it is about uh, 
uh, Spirits of French Lick here where we both work at. Justin just started here, what, like a month and a half ago? Kind of interning yeah. or, yeah? Month yeah. And a half or so. Cool. Awesome. So uh, he's he's already had, he and his wife, who both work here, have already had um, some experiences with our, uh, our distillery ghost here at Spirits of French Lick. So uh, this week I was obviously in St. Louis for the ADI. Um, conference and I didn't get a proper episode of if you have ghosts you have everything recorded so it's going to be a bunch of field recordings this week and we're going to see how it turns out so uh, you just want to make sure you speak loud and make it happen brother yeah so I've felt things here or I guess felt like I've been watched uh, one of the places that uh, I don't want to say creeps me out but I just always kind of feel unsettled or uneasy is um, actually in the still room uh, where the two stills are, there's that little window that kind of overlooks from the, uh, yeah, the, the little area. Yeah. From up on the mezzanine. Yeah. 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 So for those that are listening, it's, it's, we have a, we're not really a, a tourist facility, although we do tourists. So we build a mezzanine into the distillery cause it's an old Kimball's, uh, piano factory is what it is. And originally when we built it, we also had what's called an H3 room or an explosion proof room where we had to keep all the high proof alcohol and the two doubling stills and our insurance wouldn't let people in there for tours. So they put this piece of like three hour burn glass in there that cost who knows how many thousands of dollars. So when we did tours, you get to the end of the mezzanine, you could look through this little piece of gorilla glass and watch me like a monkey in the zoo, more or less. Well, and that's what I, I honestly feel like sometimes. There's been a few times, I'll, especially during the day, whenever they may be doing tours, mm -hmm. I'll walk out and be like, is there a tour going on? Because I, I just felt like... You feel like, like I, something's feel like just I'm, I'm being watched. I, I don't feel danger, nothing like that. It's just it gets an unsettling feeling because it's just... Yeah. It feels like there's some you know somebody there. Um, I've, that's, that's interesting, too, because if you remember from the Haunted Distilleries episode, we talked about, or I talked about in there, you know, we've heard, we've heard footsteps go up the mm -hmm. stairs at night and across the mezzanine, yeah. um, which was not an original feature of this factory at all, but that, does, you know, so that speaks more to me of an act of haunting than you know a replay or yeah, something of absolutely. that nature yeah and i mean I, i've i've seen shadows where there shouldn't be shadows mm -hmm. and maybe a flash i've hunted my whole life so you know the, like right there at the at the beginning of of the daylight you'll see those almost streaks or flashes almost like that but it, the sun is up so you, you shouldn't right. have that um but kind of the most unsettling thing and, and you and i have talked about it was uh, Tiffany, my wife, and I were both here closing up one night, and we walked out, and one of our co-workers' cars was here, and we thought, well, maybe she came in to pull samples or, or something, because that's one of the things that she does, and Tiff realized that she had to go back in to do something, and I, like, nighttime, I'm always looking around just to see if I see something. You know? Right. Just I'm aware. Kind of, situational yeah, awareness. Exactly. Yeah. And I've always been that way. Uh, but... We walked back in, Tiff took care of what she needed to take care of, but we started hearing some doors. So we started hollering for our coworker and nothing. And then I started getting a little bit, I was like, okay, well this is this is a little bit much. You getting know, weird. Getting getting weird. And and I was hurrying Tiff out the door with some <laughs> We gotta go. We gotta leave. With some colorful language. I'm like, you know what, it's it's time to go. Get the fuck out of here. Exactly. Let's go. <laughs> That's great. So, well, and, and I, I kind of suspect this too, because I haven't had anything happen here for a long time. Dad still has stuff happen, but Dad also, keep, in my opinion, keeps himself a little bit more open to letting things mess with him to some degree. Mm -hmm. um, I, don't think, I don't think Steven's had anything happen for a while, although he's had stuff happen in the past. I wonder if it's maybe picking on the new guy. You know what I mean? Either picking on the new guy, or and I know you're, you are very, very aware of the stuff that goes around you. I, you're, you pick up on it a whole lot more. But 
for other people is do you kind of get used to it? Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, but yeah, I, I definitely agree, you know, that, oh, there's a new person. Let's see how far we can push. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I think part of it too with me is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm aware of it. And then I get to a point where I'm like, all right, if you're just trying to mess with me, I'm just not going to pay you any attention. And then you don't get any energy from me. Yeah. But, uh, I, th- I find it interesting that, that you and your wife, Tiff have both started here and both are already having yeah. experiences to some degree or the other. And one thing I, I've always done, I'm, I guess ever since I was little, you know, back when you'd hide under the covers, scared to death or whatever, I would, I would talk. Yeah. Um, just like, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, yeah. I do the same thing here. Uh, whenever I work, walk up front to turn the lights on there by the, uh, the, in the wine area by the air compressor. Right. I'll walk up there and I'm like, hey, ghost, it's me, your boy. I'm right. Here. Yeah, and the lights are in the worst possible place on that side of, the, of our facility, too, because they are on the back wall the farthest away from the door. Mm-hmm. So if you get any weird feelings whatsoever... It, <laughs> so you can't black. like yeah it's pitch black you got to watch where you're going there's hoses well and, and there's uh i made so now i will come all the way to this end and go through that small man door yeah instead of walking across because i walked across one day and there's that glass there and there was a reflection and i, I about shit my hands <laughs> right so I was like, ah, no yeah. can't can't move fast enough can't get to the lights fast enough basically yeah. at that point yeah i understand that completely um without a doubt so uh, yeah, one of the stories that I didn't tell on the on the Haunted Distilleries episode that we can tell right now because we have a little time. Uh, so, and this involves Stephen, and it involved Joe Lee, who used to work here and now works over at uh, Potoka Lake Winery. Um, me and Stephen were in the uh, the H three room, and in the H three room, for those that are listening that haven't been to Spirits of French Lake, uh, we have a uh, a drop down fire door like a garage door, and we had it open. And me and Stephen were talking, and we were doing something, and we both caught it out of the corner of our eye. And I think I caught more of it than Stephen did, but something walked kind of cat a corner from outside the door on the right-hand side, there's an ice machine, but it walked kind of cat a corner from the ice machine across the garage door and just went into the wall. And when I say something, it had the general outline of a person, but there was no detail, and you could see through it. And it was only the upper torso and the head. There were no legs. Oh, man. But just, and no detail whatsoever, right? I got just, he's got the cold chills now. And it walked into the wall, and it was just gone which is interesting enough, but, you know, oftentimes, uh, Penny, my daughter, we bring her here, and we'll play hide-and-seek and stuff like that, and whenever Joe Lee worked here, she always wanted to hang out with Penny, so not two or three minutes later, Joe Lee comes around the corner, and she goes, well, where's Penny at? I said, what do you mean, where's Penny at? And she's like, well, I heard her back here playing, and I'm like, no, you didn't, because she's not here. She's an hour away at home, and Joe Lee's like, that's crazy, because I heard it clear as day, and then me and Steven both told her, well, you literally just came back here right after we just saw something walk through the damn wall. Yeah. So it was clearly the same thing, and auditory stuff just like it did to me mm-hmm. when I was in the office that time, and it knocked on the door and said, hey, what are you doing in there? And it sounded like Nick's voice. So yeah. Now, that, that one, that'd be weird. Yeah. Uh, especially if you know they're not here and they're imitating, it, it is imitating someone else. Somebody else, that's, yeah. That would get me. Yeah, that's, and that, that's prankster stuff. And, I th- again, a lot of these things, I think, do, if they are active, they, they have to feed off of energy somewhere in, in the third dimension. And the easiest form of energy to get from anything like that would be emotional energy. Like yep. you're, you're giving it credence. You're letting it know that you know that it exists and that it's there and it feeds off of that. Yep, and absolutely. when it knows that it can feed off of you, it's just going to keep feeding off of you and feeding off of you and feeding off of you. And, ramp- and it's going to eventually, because you'll try to ignore it, it'll just keep ramping it up until yep. you completely just put it aside and put it out of your head. But um, I've never had anything happen we're in the uh, in the barrel chai right now. I've never had anything happen in the barrel chai, luckily, and hopefully it doesn't after we get done with this. But <laughs> I was like, I feel 
really at ease in here. Right. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's... Maybe you're surrounded by spirits and it keeps the spirits out. Yeah, right. <laughs> what, what are these... Uh, what are the racks made out of? Got any iron in those racks? Uh, the black ones, the painted ones probably are. So, yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, there's quite a bit there for sure. Absolutely. So... And we're going to try to get with uh, with uh, Justin's wife uh, Tiffany today too, and, and get some uh, get her story as well. Um, and this will just be kind of a fun episode of, like I said, field recordings. And there may not be an overall theme to all of it. We'll see what happens. But uh, we'll try to get some stuff out at Spring Mill this week too. But before we close this one up, uh, you got a new uh, podcast yourself, so which is really cool in my opinion because you you just now got into the distilling industry. You've been a fan of distilled spirits for a while, but you you literally. So this guy went out of his way to come here and work for free to learn, to start with, and eventually we just hired him um, because he showed that he was actually interested. So talk a little bit about your new podcast and tell people where they can find it. So it is called Still Learning. Um, I'm a big believer that if you're not training or you're not uh, continuing your education, whatever your career path is, is, is you're stagnant, and that's one of the problems I had at a, a past job. Um, and I kind of like to play on words that we have a still here. So I've, right. obviously it's distillation. So still learning is the, the name of it. Uh, you can find it on Anchor and Spotify for right now. We'll be opening it up to other ones as soon as I get signed up for those. Uh, I have just an intro and one episode on there right now. But it's, it's just going to be my, I guess you call it journey yeah. into this. Uh, like you said, I've been into distilled spirits for a while, distillation and things like that. Just wanting to learn. I do a little bit of winemaking at home as well. Uh, but it's just going to be my my journey and I'm hoping that I can either help other people mm-hmm. that are getting into this or maybe even if I say something wrong on there or something that somebody doesn't agree with I'm open to, to conversations yeah. about things like that because that's how you learn yeah you this it's a simple science but it's not so simple yeah it's kind of the way I look at it well it, it, it the first episode plays really well because it, it does play like an audio journal and I think that 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 especially you being new to the industry that will help people who also want to get into the industry to be able to hear a voice that's new to the industry and is learning from the ground floor coming up. I think that there'll be a lot of appreciation for that. So one of the things that I uh, figured out filming my second episode, which I'll I'll get put out after I refilm it because I actually filmed it in here. Right. And I didn't realize I could turn the fan off and it sounds terrible. Uh, I'm going to have to, I guess you could say, uh, study a whole lot. Uh, It was something that I, I knew some things about, but I, I don't want to say so much forgot, but it's just I have so much going into my head right now that I'm trying to take it all in, I guess you could say. And, I, and I'm real big on taking notes, obviously, but something that I think this is going to help me with is I may know what I want to talk about and what I want to learn, but I, I'm going to have to go back and restudy things. Right. So it's a good way for me to learn also. Well, it's going to be fun for you to go back and listen to those episodes three, four, five years down the oh, road, too. And absolutely. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But thanks, Justin. I appreciate it, brother. Ain't not a problem. All right. We'll have you back on here shortly. Hello, listeners of If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. You might recognize my voice. I'm Stephanie McNew. I host a podcast called Highly Spirited Podcast, where I give you a cocktail history and a ghost story that pairs with it. I'm a great big fan of what Kim and Alan are doing here with If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Be on the lookout for maybe a collaboration between us in October. I cannot wait. And in the meantime, if you want more ghost stories, check me out on Highly Spirited Podcast. I'm on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music. Should be anywhere you find podcasts. New episodes are out every Friday. My name is Tiffany Whaley. 
Mm -hmm. This is Justin's wife, and she works here at the distillery now with us as well, right? Yes, yep. How long have you been here? I've been here for a couple weeks now. Yep, so pretty new. So we wanted to uh, get her on the same show that Justin was on. Um, so she's had some stuff happen around the distillery as well, but I think she also maybe has some other stories potentially. Oh, yeah, I have, I have several encounters. Yeah, well, whatever you'd like to share with us. This, this one's going to be a fun little um, episode where we just do a lot of field recordings and... Uh, there's no like overarching theme overall, so whatever kind of stories that you wanna you wanna tell and whatever detail you wanna go into, feel free. Well, um, we can start with here. Um, I started here, and one of the days I was bringing stuff up to the front to our our shop area, and they, we have white French double doors is what I call them uh, by our bathrooms, mm -hmm. and I was going back and forth through those, and I'd come through and literally drop something off turn around to come back and the door was locked and on that door it's one that you have to twist with your hand to right. lock it and nobody else was there and it happened three different times that day on me so I couldn't figure that one out and I thought I was like just going insane yeah. um, and that's the same area where in the haunted distilleries episode I talked about some of the other girls that have worked here in the past that's where they've all had weird things happen at or, or felt like there was something there in that hallway between the hallway and the, those doors, so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I didn't know that at this point, um, that two days later I was back getting ice right back out here. Mm -hmm. And um, I just had a very uneasy feeling like somebody was standing right there with me. So I just started talking to whoever it was. <laughs> Don't know if it's male or female. It was just a very heavy feeling and just made me feel uneasy. Um, I was telling my husband about it, about my experiences up here um, one night on our way home from work. And he's like, well, you were ready to listen to Alan's uh, new podcast <laughs> that he just released today. Make it worse, right? And I was like, okay. And sure as stuffings, it was about the haunted distillery. Mm -hmm. So it made me feel better that I wasn't crazy. Absolutely. <laughs> the only one uh, that has experienced stuff here mm -hmm. since then. Um, the little prankster up front, he uh, tossed a picture down at me the other day when I was in the hallway. I was doing inventory out there, and our shelves are pretty deep on the wall there, mm -hmm. and it's just, it's a wooden, wooden, like, pitcher, and it just came flying Yeah, and it would take me. some force to, yeah, yeah, yeah. to push so. something. Like, it's not like somebody shut a door and it fell off. It literally would exactly. take force to push and it, it off it, of there. It wasn't even close to a door even at that, too. So, mm -hmm. you know, I just, I laughed it off and talked to whoever is there. I still have not figured out who <laughs> is around this building, but, uh, mm -hmm. so. Well, and it's, a, it's an old factory building. Uh, it used to be a Kimball's factory, and, and we've, we've heard tell that, you know, there were a couple guys here that had heart attacks or whatever. I mean, I've not looked into that historically, but... There's clearly something here, and I was joking with Justin on the last segment um, that I think it's picking on the new guy. Oh, <laughs> right? yes, yes. So, because the rest of us, have, short of Dad, who will pay it attention whenever it, it pays him attention, the rest of us just stop paying attention to it at this point. So, and it feeds off of attention. I, th I think most of those things feed off of attention. So, I do believe that. I, yeah. I wholeheartedly believe that. Mm -hmm. um, I have a story from over at the hotel. Oh, uh, yeah, great. We <laughs> at the at the, the French Lick? Yeah, the French Lick. Okay. Um, my, uh, our, our southern family from Georgia had came up, and we had a women's uh, weekend over here. Mm -hmm. And she is my husband's cousin, my cousin as well, I guess. Um, 
and her and I were sharing a room and we decided we were bored down at the casino so we wanted to search around for the ghosts that are apparently yeah. over there as well. We walked around till about two in the morning um, trying to see if we could get up to the one floor where uh, you have to have a key to go up to that floor. Right. Um, otherwise the elevator don't take you there. Mm -hmm. uh, and we couldn't get up there. But we went back to our room and we had both laid down in the beds and all of a sudden our shower kicked on. <laughs> I absolutely refused to get out of the bed to go turn it off. I made her go turn it yep, off. Yep, I'm not going. I'm not going. I was like, nope, nope. <laughs> I covered up with the blanket. So, right. I'm going to go sleep in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I didn't get much sleep that night. I was I was a little, little worried. Mm -hmm. But th this place is very, the, the whole town is rich with, with history and and spirits that like to hang around. Well, I always tell people, it's weird to me, like, if you're driving in the French Lick, and if you've, if you've been in Indiana and spent much time in southern Indiana, I mean, the geography is obviously southern Indiana, but just driving in the West Baden slash French Lick, it's a place that doesn't feel like it belongs here. It feels like it should be in, like, South Georgia yes. or North Florida or somewhere like that. There's a, there's a heavy sort of presence and a feel to the entire town, and there's a lot of ghost stories from around here, especially given the history the ties to the Chicago outfit uh, during the beginning of Prohibition with Diamond Jim, etc. Going back before that, I mean, even early on, uh, when there was a French settlement here, there were a lot of run-ins with the Native Americans. Uh, there was a, a story in particular from the history books about um, a gentleman who had left the, the village and he was shot and killed by Native Americans with bow and arrow, etc. So uh, the European history here starts off with violence, so um, it's definitely here. but. Uh, no, is any other ones that you want to share? Um, I don't. I don't know if he shared with you. I, I love everything about ghosts. Uh, we were married on Halloween, Very so cool. that's like my favorite, my favorite holiday. Um, so every year we we try to visit places that are known to be haunted. We like to go down to Waverly, mm -hmm. um, and I've experienced things inside Waverly, and then I've also captured pictures um, mm -hmm. of little children during the day. Um, I just went they. They locked the gates up during the day. Um, nobody's up there. And I was taking pictures through the, the fence. And when I got back home and was reviewing them, I have apparitions of, of children on yeah. one floor there that I sent to them. A lot, uh, a lot of trauma at that, at that place yeah. in particular between the, 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 both the, uh, the TB hospital and then also when it became a geriatric hospital. Um, you know, it, especially even people don't think of the geriatric part of it, but... You know, a lot of old people go into the nursing home or whatever, and they don't have any family that ever come visit them or anything. Yep. So it leaves it leaves a trace of energy behind, whether it's a, an actual act of haunting or a, a residual haunting of some sort. So, Correct. I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. So, yeah, we, 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 we've had many things. I've been to Hell's Dam. We've had experience what is, what there. What is that? Tell me. The, um, yeah. uh, you know where Rock City is? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, right before you get to Rock City, as you're crossing the big bodies of uh, the lakes, I call them just big bodies of water. If you look back to your left, um, there's, it's like an old, um, it's an old factory. Uh, it had a dam inside, or it still does. Right. Uh, but they turn it into a haunted house every year in October too, or you can go take ghost tours throughout the year, almost like Waverly. Right. And when we were in there, uh, we experienced a few things there as well. Um, seeing a couple shadows and then one of the workers just took us like back behind the scenes of yeah. the haunted house where um, I forget the gentleman's name, but he, he frequently haunts the area um, or is, his presence is frequently known there. Mm -hmm. um, and we happened to catch on 
one of my pictures, the the outline of him. Oh wow! Where they normally see him up on the rafters, so it was pretty cool there too. I'd like to go back there, um, not around Halloween, just to do an actual yeah. actually investigate a tour and investigate. Yeah. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, well, we got to get you and Justin to the to the farm sometime too to hang out as well, and that's that's on the agenda. And there's Waverly stuff that's going to happen on the show in the future too. Ooh, okay. So because I have a talked about this with bill nicely a little bit but i have a lot of waverly stories from before it got converted and you know just trespassing stories really is what they are <laughs> but it's been a long time so um and we're gonna have stephen mcneely on here momentarily too so i don't know if you knew it or not but french lick had a place very similar to waverly called the gorge no and stephen's got some stories about that and a lot of people around here have stories about the gorge so um yeah, you'll want to. You definitely want to listen back to the episode once I, if I get it done, hopefully in the next few days. Um, we'll see what kind of audio quality it has, obviously. But I think it'll be fun. I think it's fun just doing little field recordings like this, and and just the ambiance of being in the barrel room on top of it. And you talked about the place where you had experiences at while you're in the place where you had experiences. Exactly. So I will say Justin said that he felt like he was safe in the barrel room and i think what he was saying was he was glad i was here to potentially cuddle with him is what it was <laughs> probably because he was scared the other night when he had his <laughs> right. first experience at that point i was just like yep i, I know i know somebody or some some buddies are here so yep. i wasn't scared but he was rushing me out of the building that night it time was to great. go home it's time to go home <laughs> that's what he kept telling me he's like go 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 <laughs> awesome well, so. thank you very much for doing this, Tiffany. You're I appreciate welcome. it. You're welcome. Thank yeah, you. Absolutely. And if you ever have any other experiences or you or you know of anything, like any cool local history stories or things about haunted places, et cetera, just let me know because I would love to be able to feature them on if you have ghosts, you have everything. So. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I, will, I will figure that and let you know. So at this point, we thought we were done with the interview with Tiff, but uh, as we were wrapping everything up and as I was putting the equipment away, she actually came back and she says, you know, I, uh, I actually, I left something out. Um, so I, I have basically I have a story about uh, some outlaws from uh, here in southern Indiana and uh, some ghosts related to those outlaws up in Martin County, Indiana. So we kicked the recorder back on and we got that story from her as well. Uh, this story starts off in kind of an odd place because I maxed out the recorder at first. Um, so it distorted quite a bit. So I dropped that little piece out of the intro and decided to put this little piece in as a new intro. So here you go. Western mythology starts in Indiana, believe it or not. There's a lot of Western outlaws that came from Southern Indiana. So um, she has a story, a ghost story related to a jail in Martin County and related to the Archer Gang. Yes. Um, Well, I I started looking into it. Um, I had a patient on the ambulance one time who uh, we had to take over to the psych ward and she told me I was a family member of hers. Now, mind you, I don't know this lady from Adam or Eve, but she told me I was a family member of hers. I was very bad, and she was going to hang me outside um, the old uh, courthouse in the hanging trees. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, this was when I was new to the area, so I started researching that. Um, Then I got a job part-time. I call it my fun job uh, off of the ambulance, working as a 911 dispatcher at Martin County, and their dispatch center is located in the jail. we call it the new jail. The old the old jail is right beside it, and it's a museum now. Um, but when I when I would work, I worked third shifts, and at night I would see figures of men walking around my bubble. Uh, it's our dispatch bubble, but I would see them, or I'd catch them on our security cameras mm-hmm. walking in the parking lot back and forth. And I was like, 
okay. <laughs> I, I don't know who these people are, but I started researching more. Right, nobody's just like loitering around the, the damn jail parking right. lot. Or right, or inside the or jail inside, around yeah. my bubble. Yeah. Um, and we had an officer one night, he had to do rounds throughout the jail cells, and we have to watch them when they make their rounds. And I watched a shadow follow him through the whole thing, um, and I pointed it out to him. We replayed the video back, and it was still there. And it wasn't, it was like an extra shadow. There was his shadow where it should be, mm -hmm. and then there was a shadow behind him. Behind him. He didn't do any more tours the, I, the rest right. of the night. But, uh, <laughs> I don't blame him. I did research with a lot of the older folks who worked there for ages, and they, they kept telling me it's the Archer brothers mm -hmm. um, because they were hung outside of the courthouse. Uh, they were in a gang, did a lot of bad things uh, to local farmers and families in the area and they finally got fed up with it. So when they were arrested, the, the locals came, tied up the sheriff, pulled them out and hung them from the trees, which now there's only one tree left outside the, the old courthouse, but that's what they called the hanging trees. But they seem to be lingering in that area. Yeah. Never once came inside my bubble, so that didn't scare me, but I didn't like going outside the bubble at night. <laughs> right. <laughs> or to smoke. So they, they sort of just, uh, I guess, hung around the area there and yeah. watched the other inmates. Well, that's where the, the most traumatic thing that ever happened to them would have been at was there. So Correct. At some point, yeah, I'll have to do a, a whole Archer and Reno Brothers thing. Um, you don't hear a whole lot about that in Western history, like how many people were really tied to this region. Um, and I'm not even going to say which one's on the podcast right now, but there were some very big names that were outlaws. Um, the only ones I'll say off the top of my head right here that most people don't know, but the Youngers were actually from out by Pumpkin Center. And at one point in time, they were hiding out at Pumpkin Center. Okay. Um, along with Frank James, which is pretty interesting. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so we got Stephen McNeely here, uh, who's been my still hand for what, like six, six and a half years, years yeah. something like that now, Yeah. Uh, here at Spirits of French Lick. So um, Stephen's got several stories, and we're going to touch on a few of them here today, and we'll probably have him back on the podcast sometime if he's willing to do it. Uh, so there's really no like format to this. So what's happening right now, Stephen, is that I didn't have a, t a chance this week, obviously, to mess with if you have ghosts, you have everything, because I was yeah. in St. Louis. So I've had this little task cam recorder for a while. And I wanted to do a bunch of field recordings with it, and I thought this would be a fun little episode. There would just be a bunch of intermixed stories from different people that I knew over the next few days. So I don't know where you want to start at, what story you want to tell first, etc. Um, and you can go into as much detail as you want. It all started when I was a child. <laughs> this is actually it started when I started working here, and Alan started harassing me. Yeah, exactly. Now this is actually a lot easier than having a camera in my face. Oh and yeah. Stuff. Um, so the earliest one I can think of was. 2002? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. We went down to uh, Georgia to my uncle's place for a week, and uh, they looked in, like, one of those duplexes. Yeah. So I'm, like, 9 or 10, and I remember my aunt saying, like, she had seen people walking down the hall and stuff when she was there alone, 
and uh, we're playing hide and seek. Mm-hmm. And my cousin Kyler and I, like, we go and hide in the closet and stuff in the bedroom. And I sometimes I actually forget about it because it still gives me goosebumps. But he's right here on my left. Right. And I distinctly remember a hand grabbing my shoulder. Touching you on the opposite shoulder? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, and right? his hands were by, and then the door wouldn't open. Oh. Well, that's yeah, not creepy at dark, all. Dark as hell, and we just screamed and screamed until my, uh, like, my dad and my uncle shot back there because they thought something had actually happened to us, and yeah, that was, like, probably one of the scariest moments in my life, and I, I it's, it's like I forget it, right? and then all of a sudden it'll just It'll pop back, back in yeah. there. I've had that happen a lot with doing this podcast lately, where there's things that have happened that, like, I forgot about happening. And then I'll mention something, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Or where I've had other people that I grew up with, like, reach out to me and be like, hey, do you remember when this happened? No, I didn't, but now Now it's fucking coming back (laughs) to me. But it's funny, I'll tell you this this funny little story. It's not a ghost story, uh, but this week in St. Louis. So they had had us at the Marriott Hotel across from the St. Louis Convention Center, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I'm about half stupid anyways. Uh, but I go to get in the elevator to go up to the second floor of the Marriott to do the class I'm teaching, the corn whiskey master class, right? Yeah. And there's a sign there, but you have to look real close to see it that says, like, if you're going to, uh, if you're going to go to the guest rooms, you have to have a badge, like a door key, yeah. right? So I don't see that. And I go to press, like, second floor, the elevator doesn't move, and the doors don't open. I'm like, the fuck is happening right now? And I stand there for a minute, and then... The lights go out in the fucking elevator. Oh, shit. Right. And I'm like, motherfucker. I'm like on my phone. I'm like looking for a phone number to call. And I'm like, wait, turn the flashlight on. Let's read that little sign because it clearly said something. You have to have a badge to go anywhere that, ah. where the guest rooms are at. But for like three minutes, I'm just standing in the elevator just freaking the fuck out going, no, this is not happening right now. This is not a thing. This is when the Babadook <laughs> comes out from the dark corner and grabs right. me. This is what I get for starting a paranormal podcast. <laughs> I swear to God, anything <laughs> creepy happens when I move into this new place after doing this. It's gonna be, it's gonna be your, uh, it's not gonna be at your, at your new place that you're living at. It's gonna be on the recording, like the one we did at Beck's Mill that had the weird interference. But yours is just the whole thing, just gonna be. <laughs> Demon. <laughs> so the, oh, I'm trying to think. There was. Actually, I didn't tell you here the past couple of days. Yeah. You know, I'm getting ready to move and stuff, and like my bedroom door shut by itself twice now. Yeah, and it's a brand new house too. Yeah. So the door should be fairly stiff. But there was weird crap happening at the old house too. Yeah. Um. So one of the other things I had was uh my old trailer. I got the guy who lived there before me. He passed away it passed he passed away at a nursing home right um and what i remember is we were it was like three in the morning my uh my ex and i were in bed and my uncle was living with us and he was in the living room and he didn't want to walk back there so he was texting me and he goes hey did you have somebody coming over and i, was like, I walked out there I was like why would I have anybody coming over? It's three in the morning. Right, right. <laughs> and he told me he watched because, like, where he slept, he could see the front door, and he heard the screen door open, and he watched the door handle turn mm-hmm. and open, and he'd heard somebody coming up the steps. He thought maybe it was my sister or something. It was like, oh, 
dude, nobody's here. Like, he watched it open. <laughs> yeah. And there were multiple times I had heard different things in that house. I mean, like, I don't remember if I told you this, but my old trailer <clears throat> by my dad's that I lived in after I graduated high school, um, you know, it was a piece of crap. So the hallway had a big wooden board across it because there was a hole in the middle of it. Right. <laughs> um, and you would hear somebody walking down it. Well, so I got a couch going right here. It's the living room and then hole. Uh, I got a couch and my ex is sleeping on the couch and I'm on my laptop just click clacking away. And I thought I heard like someone walking on the boards and I look back there and I'm like, huh, that's weird. And as soon as I go back, <laughs> I just hear this faint, hey. <laughs> I, got I went to the other side of right and like the next morning when I told Tiff that she goes you fucking left me there I went yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I did <laughs> you're on your own well and for those that are listening so you uh, and not discounting obviously the gentleman who owned the, the house before yeah. had passed away but you also currently and I know you're in the process of moving but you live on the edge of the Hoosier National Forest, and so there's a lot of history around the Hoosier National Forest with hauntings mm-hmm. and cryptids and everything else, right? Yeah. So. Well, and like my buddy, he's always kind of had a, uh, uh, not like psychic or anything, but he gets like weird vibes from things. And he had told me actually recently, because uh, the last thing I told him that happened, he had told me like every time he would come out there, he didn't like coming out there because something always felt off. Mm-hmm. About the woods. It's had a know, weird that whole feeling about place it. is just woods right. for miles. And some people are really sensitive to yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, and um, he always had like just a weird feeling whenever yeah. he would come out there and everything. And uh, I mean, he's not the only one. There's been a few people who've told me they've had weird feelings out there. And I used to walk out in the woods alone. I wouldn't like stray too far, but most of the time. I didn't want to be out there alone. Yeah. And, you know, I, maybe just me being around it for 28 years, like it didn't. Yeah, you got numb to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because when we had lived at my uncle's house, uh, while we were moving into the new house that was getting sold, because that's how this is going to go, it was all twisty turvy. (laughs) (laughs) We, uh, we were in my, my sister had lived there before. If you have road directions for life, you have everything. (laughs) It's a new podcast. Well, when my sister lived there for a bit, uh, she had told me, like, there had been a few times, like, stuff had happened in that house. And he, he had bought, it was like a brand new house. Like, it got bought right. in 2011. Um, she had told me about how... So the way it's set up is basically you walk in the front door, you got your living room, kitchen, like an open style, and then the master bedroom's by the kitchen, and then it's a hall on the right, and two other bedrooms and a bathroom. Mm-hmm. So my sister is all the way down uh, to the hall at the end over there. And she had told me her and my niece were laying in bed and stuff, and she heard walking in the kitchen. And she was like, she didn't get up. She wouldn't get up. And she said it got, like, it walked down the hall and to her, and she said there was just this bang on the door, and then it quit. It was huh. 
So when we moved in, like we kind of knew about that stuff and everything, and uh, Aiden wasn't there, and it was just Tiff and I, and we're in the master bedroom, I'm playing a game, and she's on her phone or whatever, and out of nowhere, Trigger just stands up, he, he looks at the door going out to the kitchen, and he just starts growling. Like, he's, he's not having it. And there's, you don't hear anything. Like, there's nothing there. And he did that a couple of times. But the worst thing about that place was a couple nights before we left, Aiden was like, because uh, he slept in the living room because I had to pull out bed. And he goes, oh, I don't really want to sleep out here. I was like, why? He's like, well, I see things outside. Well, deer and all that stuff. Right. At which point yeah, he goes... Yeah, find things outside. Well, and, and, well, the thing is, he goes, yeah, but they look like people. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> yep, you're not seeing anything outside. Wow. Yeah, that one still gets to me because, you know, it's just down the road from where I live. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one thing that keeps coming up uh, whenever I'm interviewing people on the show is Waverly, which is obviously a hot, a hot yeah. topic. And I mentioned this when I interviewed Tiff uh, Whaley a, a little bit ago. Uh, the French Lick has something had something very similar to that, uh, correct? Called the Gorge. Yes, the Gorge. Right. Can you tell people a little bit about that, and then maybe talk, touch on those th- that experience that you had? So the Gorge was a, it was part of the French Lick French Lick and West Baden hotels, um, and I think it was built in like 1935 mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Uh, it was part of those for a bit, and then it became a retirement home called General, General Care. Um, you can actually still go, if if you go down, uh, I can't remember the name of the road, but the arches are still up, and it says Gorge on it, right. or Springs Valley Gorge or something like that. Um, unfortunately, someone bought it out, and then they just destroyed it. Right. Um, so, <laughs> the... There was always rumors, I remember growing up, is where Al Capone would come down here, that supposedly there are tunnels that connect the gorge to the hotel, the hotel's the dome, and back and forth, and that's where, like, bootleggers would run, or Mm -hmm. uh, other stories where if Capone wanted you gone, you were taken down there. just disappear, yeah. Um, But as far as I know, outside of when it, uh, until it became a, nursing home like nobody had died there or anything like that right and my mom was a cna there and she had pictures and stuff same with my aunt they had different pictures of different things that they caught up there and stuff when they would take pictures of the residents you know orbs or some weird smoke and right stuff, stuff. would just show up um so i always knew that there was something up with it so me and three frit we're past the statute of limitations. <laughs> oh sure, yeah, yeah. yeah this is. This I've is, already uh, admitted on the show a couple times. This that is I like used, fourteen years ago. Yeah, I used to trespass <laughs> at Waverly all the time. So yeah, I get it. Um, we decided on Halloween that hey, we're going to go up to the gorge. Uh, at this point, it was unoccupied anymore. Right. General care closed down around like '05, I think '05 or '06. Um, so we decide like, hey, we're going to do something fun we're going to go over there and we parked down the road and we walked our way over there and stuff. And by the time we got there, it's pretty dark. You can't really see. And the place didn't have power except for security lights. Mm -hmm. And so there's a, there was a lower level and an upper level. 
and we walk on the sidewalk going down the lower level and the gorge used to have this long drive mm-hmm. and a big fountain on the turnaround like, right yeah uh so you know no one's drove up here or anything uh it's just everything's covered in leaves it's a proper ghost story, so it's in the fall of the year. Yeah. Uh, it's on Halloween, yo. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? Uh, so we get up to the front door, and, you know, we were told that there was a way in. Like, my mom had told me, like, the basement or something like that. But we didn't want to do that, so we went up to the front door to look in. And I'm everything. not going in that basement. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we're sitting there just looking in and stuff. And then we hear something behind us. At first, we thought it was like a deer or a squirrel. And it sounded like a person walking on the leaves, like it was a crunch. And if it was a deer, it would have you would have heard the... All four, yeah. yeah and, and you would have yeah. heard it hit that concrete under. As opposed to bipedal. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. heard the clicking. Yeah, yeah. and um, so we were like, what, what the hell is that and stuff? And, you know, we just kind of sat there for a minute. And it, it, it wasn't like scampering like a squirrel or anything it would be like step 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 right and so we're like hey you know what let's go (laughs) (laughs) and we start going down the uh going down the path we came up and i don't know why it happened you know it's cold and stuff and this place is only getting powered to security lights exactly on top of us the window unit window air conditioner it just kicked on it was huh. the only one that did too. Right. And that made no sense to me. Right. Yeah, why would why would it be left on, especially if it's abandoned? Yeah, and I mean like and when well when you would look in there, you would see it was just like a security light down here and then like down through the hall it was just security light. Right. It wasn't actual lights. Yeah. Huh. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. Nice. Nice. Well thanks for doing this, man. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure you have more, and we will definitely get you back on to talk about them. Uh, I told the story about the thing when we when Jolie was here that time. And, and the, the child laughing? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't even think about <laughs> this place. And... Yeah, that's what most of them have been, has been about this. Yeah, Justin it's about and, to happen soon again. Yeah, Justin and <laughs> Tiffany are already have. I told them a while ago, I said it's because they're picking on the new guy. The rest of us have started to, like, just ignore it. Just leave it be. Why do you so. think I don't come out of the office when it's late at night? <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, I, I, so real quick before we jump off here, though, so yeah. I told him I told the story about uh, the day that Jolie heard the kid and I saw the thing and you were there with me mm-hmm. that came across the garage door. But do you have any from when you were here on your own? Because so so the audience knows like our stripping runs when we run we do double pot still distillation, so we do stripping runs that take like ten to twelve hours. So there's oftentimes somebody here alone later into the evening with nobody else here. Have you ever had anything happen? Yeah. Um, so the one that comes to mind. Uh, a few winters ago so you know it got dark real early and everything uh, I would be sitting in the office just like watching something because there's not much to do uh, and usually I would hear what the, there's a drain with grates on it and yep. it makes noises when you walk on it and I would hear somebody walking so I would think it was like Nick or Aaron or somebody and I'd look out and there'd be no one there uh, I've heard that front door open yep. multiple times and nobody be there. And I've heard people walk up to the mezzanine. Yep. And I've heard that yeah. front door open when I've been here by myself and that door be locked. Yeah. 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 To I, where yeah. nobody can get in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's creepy. So, all right, man, I'll, uh, I'll let you go. Thanks for doing this, man. Yeah. Thank you. Cool.
Hey guys, this is Alan Bishop over at Distillers Talk and the One Piece of the Time Distilling Institute on YouTube. Are you interested in learning or expanding upon the ancient art of distilling? Whether it's for spirits, essential oil, or tinctures, our friends over at 13 Stills have you covered. With hand-built copper stills made to last, Jason at 13 Stills has the setups you need to produce high-quality product. From 2 gallons to 200 gallons are ready-to-roll Prohibition sets, complete with tricloves and thump barrels with fruit ports. Give 13 Stills a call today at 1-502-424-5283. Tell them that Alan Bishop sent you on over. Figured if I was going to be out doing some field recordings today, anyways, um, for this uh, this newest episode of "If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything," I had to make a trip out to uh, Springville State Park to get ready for uh, the upcoming Candlelight Festival that I'll be speaking at in the old historic distillery. And I thought I'd ask around at Springville some of the staff if they had any ghost stories, and everything they have is secondhand, um, and so I wasn't able to get any of them to um, to step in and. And give us any ghost stories for if you have ghosts, you have everything. Uh, although they did relate some interesting uh, secondhand accounts. And uh, two very good friends of mine will be on the show at some point in time very soon uh, to discuss some of the things that they've experienced here at Spring Mill and other places as well. But I figured today was just about as good a day as any to, uh, to talk about something else to do with spirituality. So I'm currently here at the, um, the Hamer Cemetery, which is where Hugh Hamer, as well as Mr. William Dalton, are buried at. And... Uh, just kind of visiting Mr. Dalton's grave, I figured now was as good a time as any to do a little crossover as we often do with this show with my distilling career. So currently I work at Spirits of French Lick Distillery and we always say that it's not just the spirits in the bottle, but it's the spirits of the place. And we tend to name things after historic places, historic people, etc. particularly those people associated with either, um, let's say careers in the industry of vice or careers in the distilled spirits industry. And so one of the characters that I named a product after was Mr. William Dalton, uh, whose grave I'm at currently, uh, who was the longest tenured distiller that we know of in Indiana history, 40 plus years in a double pot still distillery running wood fires, etc. And I thought it would also be nice to explain one of the things that we do. So I tend to lean into old world spirituality pretty heavily. And I like to take, to, I like to take care and pay respect to the spirits that whose names I'm putting on products. And I like to associate those products with those particular stories. So for everyone I've ever named a bottle after, I do one thing in particular. The first three bottles never make it to market. I take the first three bottles, and bottle number one goes to the grave of the person it's named after. If they don't have a mausoleum or some way that I can get it inside to protect it, I will pour the bottle for them, as I did for Mr. William Dalton here. In the case of Lee Sinclair, there was a nice mausoleum, so bottles number one of both the two-year-old and the four-year-old are in his mausoleum. Bottle number two, I either try to give to a descendant or a relative or take it to the place where that person worked at and or lived. Bottle number three, I often will try to find a reenactor who plays that character because my background as well is in doing a lot of historic reenactment. And so the closest thing that you can get to that living person is someone who's played that character. Those things are very important to me, um, both as a sign of respect and also as a little bit of a distiller superstition. 
right? I don't need Mr. Sinclair and Mr. Dalton standing at the foot of my bed at night going, where's my bottle, boy? So I thought this was the perfect place to sort of record that story and share it with you guys. And uh, just a beautiful day. So I'm going to try to get some more stories maybe uh, at the Candlelight Festival. Maybe there'll be a few people there if I have time. It's a busy festival, but maybe there'll be a few people there. I can get some good ghost or paranormal stories about Spring Mill from. And if you have any, please feel free to reach out to me. As always, social media or bishopshomegrown at gmail.com. Bourbon, scotch, cognac, gin, any type of spirit that you get a chance to taste transports you to a new and very interesting universe. Hi, I'm Jack Bigadu. On the street, I'm known as a hood sommelier. And what I do is I love to taste new spirit and educate people on how to appreciate each spirit that they put their nose or their taste bud into. Follow me on this journey and help me guide you on appreciating every spirit that you touch. Remember, the truth is bearer proof. See you next time. First off, before we even get into this, so we're at Spring Mill State Park. Uh, for the candlelight tour uh, we're doing this evening. So uh, Brian Cushing, the uh, Victorian man, uh, Victorian bar room, uh, and his wife Amy are here with us. Uh, so we're gonna be demonstrating in the old um, Daisy Spring Mill Distillery. And I figured I'd capture Brian and try to get a ghost story out of him. <laughs> so Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, my name's Brian Cushing. I'm uh, from uh, LaGrange, Kentucky, and uh, just kind of, you know, general Victorian guy, I think. That's just kind of where, where history centers for me is, is between 1837 and 1901. Everybody's kind of got their period. He's too, he's too <laughs> modest. He makes his own clothes. <laughs> like, all of his own clothes. There's no there's no modern Brian Cushing. It's just right. it's just 1800s Brian Cushing. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> so, ghost stories? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I guess I've got two, and I don't know really what to think about either one of them. The first one, I guess, is... Or paranormal in general. Whatever you, whatever you got. Yeah, I guess... Yeah, yeah the, the first one started actually when I was really young, and I think it was happening before I really knew what to think about it. And I think it was almost retrospectively I look back on it as, as a ghost thing, because we the house that we lived in was not old um, right. or anything like that. The, the area had definitely been settled for a long time. There was a number of farms around there. It eventually became Camp Taylor. Outside okay. of Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. So it was a World War One Army camp. And people live there ever since. Like a, a, a neighborhood just grew up around it. But we just had a little house down there when I was little. And I guess I was probably no older than three. You know, maybe goes back as far as when I was like two years old. And I tend to remember pretty far back. Um, but there was a shadow that walked past my window right. when I was in bed. Um, and he was a guy in a tall bowler hat. And his mouth was always hanging open. Um, Weird. And he would, and I would just, and, and it was funny because it's like, 
I realized at some point that I expected him and it kind of freaked me out, but at the same time, I still, it was almost like it was supposed to be there. Right. Or he was supposed to be there, you know? Yeah. Um, and so this went on for a while, I guess. You know, I, we moved out of there when I was right after I turned four years old. Um, and it never happened after that. Uh, but I always remembered this guy. Um, but the funny thing is, and like I say, I don't know what to make of this. Later on, it's like I, I saw photographs of myself where my mouth was gaping in the same way that this guy's was. Yeah. And then... You, Victorian clothes are my are my thing and all that. Yeah. And so I've I've spent a the whole life trying to get closer and closer to them. And so when when I finally did get a really nice bowler hat, you know, later on, and I looked in the mirror, you know, there there was a familiarity little, with this yeah. guy, you know. And so I, I don't know what to make of that. So you think maybe that's like a, a like a, a Jungian archetype sort of thing, or like a like a tulpa, like you like you you foresaw yourself being that person sort of thing. That, yeah, it's like that could be it. It could be, I mean, I, I don't know what the journey of our spirits is like. I don't know if it was a reflection of what was and would be again. Yeah, um, that's interesting. But yeah, it's something that's burned into my head and has continued following me around in all these different details for, for the whole rest of my Stepping life. Stepping into ghost shoes. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Yep, what you're kind of doing tonight here at the, here at the mill. Exactly. So. Yeah. Well, And usually I figure that ghosts don't bother me too much because they figure I'd pester them. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I trust most of them a whole lot more than I do people, so right. you know, there's that. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you got any other ones you want to share real quick? The or? only other one happened to me when I was um, the only one, the other one that sticks in my head uh, when I was actually uh, when I worked at Locust Grove, mm-hmm. uh, which I was there for a long time. And everybody would always ask us, "Is the mansion haunted?" And it's not. It's it's very quiet there. Right. It's, it's very clean, very quiet. I've been in the bowels of the place um, at every hour of the day and night. You know, no, no, nothing happens there. Right. In the main house. Uh, but in the area where the stable used to stand, um, I had an office mm-hmm. uh, in a building out there. It's not what you would suspect. Uh, but in, during long events, I would stay over um, in my office just because it really wasn't practical to go back home. You know, something yeah. happened in the middle of the night, I'd have to take care of, and it was a lot easier just to be there and drive back. Um, so the there's an on-site caretaker, so there is somebody there all the time. Uh, and their apartment was kind of off of a room near where my office was. And it was 1 o'clock one night, and I heard heavy clomp, clomp, clomp up the stairs uh, about 1 o'clock in the morning. I didn't think anything of it. It's like, oh, it's John coming home, you know? So the next day I saw I was like, oh, hey, John, yeah, did you come home about 1 o'clock last night? He's like, no. I was home all night. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then I stopped, I was like, wait a minute, yeah, that that clomp, clomp, clomp got to the top of the stairs. It didn't go anywhere. It didn't go anywhere. It just, <laughs> just stopped. Yeah. yeah. It turned out a lot of people had, had had this experience and would casually mention it from time to time. Uh, even a caretaker after after that uh, took over, and we were all standing there talking one time. He's like, yeah, yeah, I hear him all the time. I just tell myself it's Brian out there. And uh, <laughs> one of my friends and coworkers at the time was like, yeah, Brian always comes in and do some filing about 2 in the morning. <laughs> That's pretty good, man. But it was always about the same time. Like a lot of people had heard him, and we don't know who he was. Um, the the structure that's in that spot now is where the stables used to be. So yeah, so there's no yeah, so it almost has to be an active thing as opposed to a passive. Yeah, yeah, the stables are, are long gone, very right. long gone. So excellent. So so tell people where they can find you uh, uh, with the Victorian Ballroom. Ballroom. Yeah, my my show on YouTube is uh, the Victorian Ballroom. Uh, YouTube is going to almost suggest that you want to see the Victorian bathroom, but it is the Victorian <laughs> bar room. Uh, and that's where uh, my wife Amy and me, we explore um, 
mixology from the whole expanse of the Victorian period. So uh, starting in 1837, going all the way through the 1890s. Uh, we've had a lot of fun. Uh, when we can, we go to different historic sites. Uh, we've got a series going up right now that we did with, um, with a great uh, mining town out in Colorado. Uh, so it's we're having fun with it, you know. It's uh, we always like classic cocktails and all that, but the more we got to digging into some sources, the more we realized there was this whole generation of cocktails before the classic cocktail uh, with a whole different flavor. And it's like, well, nobody's talking about this. We got to tell people. Got to do something with it. So yeah, that's that's what we've been doing. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, brother. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. This is Alan Bishop of If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Are you interested in distilled spirits, the production thereof, tastings? Well, let me tell you about a cooperative group of some of my best friends and favorite podcasters in the industry, the Bar Cart Co-op. The Bar Cart Co-op is made up of several unique spirits-based content creators. Do you love music? The stories behind the music? How about the way that music influences the people who craft your favorite independent spirits? Be sure to check out Kevin Rose and Drew Crawley with special guests on the Bourbon Turntable. Are craft spirits reviews, good laughs, and big personalities your thing? Check out my brothers Patrick and Mike on My Whiskey Den every Monday at 9 o'clock Eastern. Patrick and Mike bring in the best of craft spirits, review them, and have a great time on their show. What a better way to follow up the shittiest first day of the week anyways. Do deep dives into distilling methodology with a diverse group of distillers the world over aimed at both home and legal distillers interest you? Then check out my other show with my co-host Christy Atkinson, Distillers Talk, available wherever you get your podcasts. How about Victorian-era cocktails? My brother Brian Cushing, the Victorian man, has you covered over on YouTube via the Victorian Barroom. For more information, check out barcartcoop.com. All right, so there you have it, guys. Volume one of the field recordings of If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything is done. One of the things I love about doing this podcast is right now, everything is still new. Everything is still experimental. Everything is still very fun. Everything is very much, this is the first time we've tried this. Let's see if it works or not. And I want this show to remain that way. I want it to always be something that I learn from. I want it always to be something that I grow with. And I want it always to be something that is engaging to you guys. <clears throat> so to me, field recordings are a lot of fun. And the reason they're a lot of fun is, as you just heard, you get forklifts in the background when you're recording at the distillery. You get people slamming pallets on the ground. You get uh, a cemetery recording that has a very angry squirrel that was apparently pissed off at me the entire time. And you got uh, a bunch of white noise, which is actually kind of soothing because it was the, uh, the cave spring at Spring Mill in the background. To me, that's kind of cool, right? I mean, we did one uh, field recording before with Judy Quinlan uh, where we talked about Beck's Mill history and all that stuff. And interestingly enough, if you guys noticed... Uh, in that original field recording from a few episodes back, we got interference that we couldn't explain. And yet, in all of these recordings, we got no interference, which just sort of um, goes to bolster the fact that something was reaching out to us during that recording, as far as I am concerned. Anyways, 
Thank you guys very much, as always, for tuning into the show. It means the world to me when I see the numbers that come in from the show. And honestly, we are way beyond where I thought we would be as far as listenership goes. I can't thank you enough. Please, 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 always like, share, uh, pass around the link to the show. Listen to it on whatever your favorite podcast uh, provider is. And drop us a line. Let us know what you think, right? Uh, we're more than happy to to entertain uh, whatever your thoughts on the show are as far as what we're doing, whether or not you think it can be improved and how it can be improved, and topics that you might want to hear about and or stories of the paranormal, cryptids, Fortean, high strangeness, etc. that you may have. So, next week, I've got something really cool coming up. I've got two guests coming in to record two different shows uh, presumably there's more than enough uh, to make two different shows out of them. I, I suspect that there is. Uh, that you guys are not going to want to miss. So right now what we're going to do is we are going to run uh, this season one of If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything up through the Day of the Dead. After the Day of the Dead, we're probably going to take a short little break until towards the end of November, very beginning of December. And then we're going to dive deep at some point in December one of the episodes for season two is going to be basically dark Christmas or Santa Claus lore, uh, the connections to the occult, etc. There's so much stuff that happens in the dark part of the year, right? So I'm really looking forward to that. Thank you guys for supporting this thing. Look forward to the crossover episode, potentially episodes with the highly spirited podcast with Stephanie McNew. And I'm also hoping at some point in time in season one here I'll be able to get with my friend Jack Begladoo the Hood Sommelier and we'll do some African stuff uh, related to the paranormal and Jack has I'm sure a ton of very cool interesting culturally relevant stories that he can share with all of us and I can't wait to get those recorded as always guys Kim and I love you have a great one. Check out thealchemistcabinet.com. Check out the store. Support us if you like what we're doing. We'll keep the content coming. Later. <laughs>